When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys on Coppen Fracas. The best word I can say to describe this one. Miller, lovely cushion header. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the greatest LFC podcast available on all platforms. It's of course Cop and Fracas. I'm your host this week, Chris, and joining me to talk about all things the Football Club. I am joined by Manny. I am joined by Ish. And long time no see, we are joined by the original OG of the pod. That is Ellis. Yes. Ellis, how yes, are you sir. doing, brother? I'm all right, man. I'm sorting myself out, so I'm back. I'm back now, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I saw Ellis last Thursday. I had a good conversation. I was like, uh, you know, when, when are you coming back, man? He was like, soon. <laughs> wait on it. So, that's not that can't go landed well. Um, yes, Manny. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, you've been killing you and Ish were killed it on Copper and Carnage last night. If you haven't listened to that yet, do head over to YouTube and type in Copper and Carnage in the search bar where you can find the latest episode where these two gentlemen put on an absolute clinic talking about all things Liverpool last night. So, Manny, how are you doing? Yeah, man, doing good, man. As always, like it's good to be with you lot again. And um, yeah, it's been good news to be fair in terms of Liverpool. So in terms of results, anyway. So it's been it's been very positive vibes. I said yesterday. So long may continue. Long may continue, indeed. And Ish, same question to yourself. How are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just to echo what, what the guys are saying. LFC's good on the pitch. Obviously, we've got our ex causing a few problems in public, but otherwise, <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get stuck into that guy uh, quite literally. Um, as uh, the very first thing that I said before we record this, we're going to kick off and bring your shoes, bring your flip flops ready because we're going to flog this guy relentlessly. But before we do get into that flogging, and we all know you have, I know I know the listeners by this point. I all know you enjoy a good flogging, so you know come join in. If you like when they're parading Gaddafi through the streets, um, but before we do get stuck into that, <laughs> before we do get stuck into that. It's the international break, um, which means you probably think there's not that much to talk about. You'd be wrong. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about all things Liverpool Football Club. 
And our bonus content can be found on our Patreon page. That is www.patreon.com forward slash coffee and fracas. For just the low, low price of £5 per month, you will get access to a whole host of new members' features that we've got coming and a whole roster of shows that we produce. And we've got a lot of good content coming over these next two weeks. Uh, the Bantics pod featuring Mike and Peter will return. We will be doing a transfer window wrap-up show um, towards the end of this week. And there'll be a host host more things coming over the next few weeks and of course you get access to all the amazing stuff we've done in the past three to four years as well so just for the five low price low price of five pounds per month head over to www.patreon.com there patreon.com forward slash copper and broadcast and subscribe today um in a little bit of a surprise this morning um i think was i on the way to work or was it my desk it was one of the two um and the little athletic notification pops up you know, there's little push notifications that say David Ornstein and Adam Crafton have sat down with Jordan Henderson to do what looks like a very poor PR effort in terms of getting back some favour, which I think we can all agree that's what it was like. Mm. And, you know, fair enough. He, he, want, he needs to tell his side of the story. Uh, he's come back from England duty and this is probably the best possible time. This will be the only nice thing I say about Jordan Henderson for the entirety of this episode. I respect the fact that he sat down with one of the hardest hitting journalists that we have in this country, Adam Crafton. I've got a lot of time for Adam Crafton because he's someone who sticks to his guns and he fights for what he believes in. And of course, David Nostein is, you know, goaded in this day and age. He could have gone to some other journalist who would have given him an easy time, allowed him to do the PR fluff. But if you haven't read this yet, there are a fair few hard hitting questions and, it's very hard to interpret tone in kind of how this goes, but you can tell that Adam Crafter really kind of laid it in some of the questions too. So Ish, I'll start, I'll, I'll start with us all to be fair. I want you all to kind of give a one word answer of what your thoughts were when you kind of went through this article. So Ish, I'll start with you. What was your one word answer? One word, I would say unnecessary. I'd say unnecessary. I, I think more timing than anything else because I'm a mm -hmm. big believer in if you're going to make a grand gesture like he did by leaving the club in a sudden state, then you speak at the time. You speak at the time or you just don't say anything at all. Now, I know you said big up to him for obviously getting his story out there and everyone's got their right to say their, their version of events, but big man, you've been in Saudi for about two months now. You've been seeing the, the sofa score. You've been getting your 8.4s on sofa score before pinging balls and no one's pressing you in that. Your life is good out there. Uh, that, that, that might be the most fugazi 8.4 I've ever seen. Because we saw the, <laughs> we saw the pictures <laughs> from that one game. <laughs> Brother, there was no, no pressure, pressure on him whatsoever. <laughs> Man was out there having fun in about oh, I could have got an 8.4. <laughs> <laughs> All of us, all of us on this now, we're, we're chopping eights. We're chopping eight minimum. We're chopping eight minimum. So I'm just like, Shit. you're you're clearly doing well out there. We're doing well on the pitch. You, you would have seen Summers like get his goal on a weekend, and I maybe you thought, hmm, this is burning me a little bit. I'm not really getting, I'm not really getting the idea that anyone's missing me right now. I just think timing is is very key in everything in life, and I just think, bro, you've done your thing. Obviously, there's a large uh, section of our fan base that feel let down. I personally, I'm not obviously part of the LGBT community, so I can't speak for them, but I didn't really feel let down by Henderson. I'll be honest, and I've respectfully, I've been dying for this guy to get out of the club for the last 18 months or two years. So when he left, I was like, this is good for everyone. We got our 12Ms, life is good. So for me, everyone was just getting on with their life. So like timing-wise, I just didn't really see the point of it. 
long story short, I was just like, listen, you're you're digging yourself a deeper hole. You did what you had to do. We shook hands. We said thanks for the memories. You've done your video of all of the lights. We said, yeah, hello, great guy, great captain. You've gone. You don't need to come back and still be doing up chatty patty and that. So just for me, it was unnecessary. I didn't really see the point in it. And now he's just stirring up all sorts of ill feeling again. So yeah, like you said earlier, from a PR point of view, disaster, disaster. I I compared it earlier on to the well. <laughs> The well-memed um, R. Kelly interview that he did with Gail, Gail King. Um, I'm fighting for my life out here, man. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, complete, God. complete on the tangent. By the way, um, the funniest part of that where he goes, they said that I hogged her. I don't know how to people. That is probably one of the funniest things I've ever, ever, ever seen. Oh, but the yeah. fact that, like. Both of the, you look at the core of what both of these things are meant to intend, right? They're supposed to win people over in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Both of them have done a spectacularly bad job of doing that because I've come out of this entire thing, and I didn't, I didn't actually have any ill will kind of towards Henson in general. I was like, like you ish, I think it's kind of like it's come to a natural end. If he wants to move on, and he thinks he can still play at a high level, you know what? Fair enough. I don't think you can, but whatever. It's definitely a cash grab, so kind of do you in it but it's also very disingenuous and kind of what he's done you know no one told him to kind of go out there and support um all these kind of disenfranchised uh, group lgpd groups that he's thrown his full support behind all the stuff he did in terms of you know and, and the england team as well in terms of the qatar world cup with that issue too and it's very it's extremely disingenuous and it's really poor form for him to kind of now come out and say some of the comments that he did in that interview as well. Kind of like, well, if I, you know, when he was asked if he would wear kind of like rainbow laces or an armband in terms of the captaincy, would he do it? And like, well, no, I kind of have to respect other people's customs and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, oh, so he really learned nothing at the end of the day, basically. Yeah. And he's kind of seen himself as a bit of a renaissance man um, in a way that he can kind of change people's opinions. Yes, Jordan, I'm pretty sure the reason that um, Atifak signed you is to change people's views on homosexuality. If you think that of yourself, the delusions of grandeur are even more than thinking you can still perform on the pitch at this point. Um, Manny, I'll come to you. What was your one word um, takeaway from, from reading this entire thing from Henderson? Do you know what? Obviously, weirdly enough, my word would actually be expected. I can't lie. I was actually reading what was coming out for him, man. I can't lie. He kind of said out loud what I thought was the situation at the time behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. obviously it's all kind of come out now. I think with Henderson, I think what we've always known and is kind of just been blown up for everyone to see now is that obviously with all due respect to him, the guy is very insecure, obviously in terms of his, obviously his outside perception of his football ability uh, and obviously um, other things as well. So I think it's a case of when, obviously, the bid comes in from Etifak now. I think he mentioned this. Uh, he's obviously gone to Klopp. And I think one of the big stirs I've seen on Twitter at the moment uh, is that they're saying, obviously, one of Klopp is, or Henderson is lying because Henderson Klopp said that he wanted to keep Henderson uh, and it was Henderson's desire to leave that is why they accepted the bid. Well, now Henderson's now coming and saying that the club's willingness to let me go is the reason why I've done the move now, amongst other reasons. Uh, I think that obviously Henderson's gone to the manager, have these talks and 
Klopp should give him the Milner role. I think that's generally what the plan was for him this season. He was going to be the Milner. Um, he was going to get the no guaranteed start and he was going to get the 10 minutes, 15 minutes off the bench, see how games, that was going to be his role. And I think the where it's been lost in translation now is that Klopp, maybe in Klopp's view, that he feels like, yeah, I want you. I want you part of the squad. I want you to be part of the team. But then Henderson's point of view, that's not being wanted. That's kind of being kind of phased out essentially so it's two different interpretations there I think with Henderson's insecurity obviously he's kind of been a good factor for him because that's why he kind of ran himself into the ground trying to disprove people and, and whatnot but it also in this case is why he will do things like this and I think he's over I think he's done this interview to as you've mentioned there safe face and I think he just wanted to defend himself because obviously there was a lot of talk when he when he went out there and I don't think he really responded and he was gonna I think we all knew he was gonna have to have that one interview where he's just gonna have to say his own side which I said yeah I guess we can respect him he's gonna have his own side of the story um but yeah it's, it's obviously it was going to be difficult for him to leave this with many kind of positive like after like consequences really um in terms of how i feel towards henderson obviously after all of that and different to be honest i think same with ish i'm just like it was obviously it was obvious that it was going to come to an end i think obviously henderson felt a bit insecure that they didn't fight enough to stay to keep him like do you know them ones like i don't know people you know it's an like someone's moving to your girl at the club or something and then like you just sit there and watch like you don't try to give it the you just sit there and watch and then you, and then you expect them to come back and then they might kick up a fuss to be like oh you didn't fight for me over there and then sometimes it's just like well, you, you tell me to crack on so yeah I mean like you, sometimes <laughs> you, don't, you don't fight and then sometimes you're having two stubborn people are like this then it ends up going their separate ways and I think Henderson saw that as he wasn't valued he, he took the bid and uh, alongside the money and, and whatnot he's he's made his decision. So hopefully, I, I would personally give him the benefit of the doubt if this is the last he says about it. He goes, does his thing in Saudi and, do you know what I mean, we forget about it next week, which I think we will. There's a there's a big thing here, I think. There's two sides of the coin. I get why he's done it in terms of kind of having his say and trying to mend some, 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 some bridges that he's definitely burned down in terms of his allyship and, and stuff like that. And that's very prevalent in because there's two parts of this interview, which is the mad thing as well. So in the first part where he's kind of talking about how he's felt, how he has let people down, et cetera, covering those angles. And obviously in the second part, the, the wild part, um, that I'll kind of like dip into in a second. But you touched on a really good point there, Manny. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think you may not like Jordan Henderson as a footballer, especially in the later years, some people, but you respect him for everything that he's overcome. You know, the guy... Um, was almost in a swap deal for Clint Dempsey in kind of his second year at the club. He's overcome a lot of adversity, um, not only as a footballer, but as a person too. Um, and he's led Liverpool in his captaincy and during his tenure here in the best possible way. So there'll always be a very big level of respect. And if he would have just left it in on that note, not said anything, I think there, that kind of sentiment would have remained. It would have remained for me anyway. But quotes like, this that are really that, that really annoyed me more than anything. Um, and this is just a short version that I've just pulled up from Fabrizio Romano. And he goes, I saw Jurgen said a few days ago that he's really happy with the transfer window and he loves the team. This tells you the players that left he probably wanted to go, and the players that have come in he probably wanted to sign. And then there was also the kind of sentiment that he felt like the club didn't do enough to convince yeah. him to stay, as 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 you alluded to earlier on. And it's also weird that he's kind of 
and I, um, of course, me being me, I'll use a wrestling term. He's put Jurgen through the barbershop window. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> he's turned heel in that effect and kind of, you know, didn't watch Shawn Michaels did to Marty Jannetty. But he's praised FSG for the model. Now, mm-hmm. that is wild to me, considering that he said they have a way of working and they stick to it and they've never broken that way. My brother, if we rewind this two years ago, you are holding the club hostage for a new <laughs> fucking contract to yeah. which they broke who, who that cardinal in, rule. Who stepped in to intervene as well? Exactly. So, yeah, he bit the hand that fed him. That's the bit I didn't really like either. He bit the hand that fed him. And yeah, I'm just like, he's saying the club didn't fight hard enough to keep him. Big man, did you see the season you just put up last season? Like, exactly. you're lucky that we didn't call you out from as soon as May the 28th, whatever the date was, that final day of the season against Southampton, in which you made a mistake leading to a goal in that yeah. game as well. Mm-hmm. Bro, he's lucky that though it was even up for debate that we let him on the plane to get to Singapore to get to Singapore. Like, I'm sorry, 12 years of service, great captain, lifted it all, but we don't owe you anything. Good things come to an end, and your time at this club was done. In fact, it was overdone. So, for him to come out and say the club didn't fight hard enough to keep him, I'm sorry, like you're not Mo Salah. Like you're, you say if you tell us you want to go, what can we do? We've received an offer for 12 million, and not only that, you're leaking stuff to the press beforehand saying that there's interest. So I'm just like mm-hmm. the guy, like you said, he's done it before in 2021 where he pumped fakes, those fake stories about PSG and Atletico being interested in them. Big man, I'm sorry, like. We're not fighting to keep you, but I don't know what kind of. <laughs> and I knew this guy was tapped from when he tried to compare himself to to um Modric and Cruz when he said that the man I played to face at the highest level, I could do that as well, bro. I'm sorry, like <laughs> the, your time is done and it's okay. You don't need to leave it on some sort of weird like animosity because mm. not many players stay at the same club for 12 years in this day and age. Like you done well, just just shake hands and leave. I don't understand the. It's coming, it's giving bitter right now, man. It's giving bitter. Like, you didn't, really, you just, you didn't need to do with, this. You didn't need to with, do it. With Henderson, you know, the weird thing he said when like, now you mentioned that he was back in FSG. Yeah, the one comment that stuck with me that just boggled the mind, it's still, it's kind of riled me even now that you just reminded me of it, is when he goes, Oh, like FSG, they always have a plan. You think these these are smart people <laughs> that, that you think they will sell me and Fabinho without having a plan in order? Like, bro, we've seen it, we, we see it unfold in front of our eyes this plan or whatever, this calculated thinking. It was an absolute mess, absolute shit show, yeah. And we all witnessed it. It's not even like it happened behind closed doors. And then you are going to say that, oh, yeah, they 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 obviously always wanted to sell me. They always, always want... Like, once again, it comes to insecurity, as I said there. Uh, he's overthinking the situation completely. Um, he's probably thinking, like, oh, this was all a conspiracy. They wanted me out anyways. Like, this was all a plan. They already had the plan in place. I think that's what he's... The kind of vibe he's given right now. When I genuinely think that Liverpool got two offers for two players they never thought they were going to get any money for and they in the moment had to take it and then had to deal with whatever came with afterwards I don't think there was any premeditated thinking about this Henderson I believe as far as I know only got one offer Fabinho as far as I know only got one offer and yeah I, I think he just needs to just calm down a bit really uh, I think he I don't know who advised him to kind of say all of these things and kind of talk about Klopp or, or, or whatnot. Not, as you guys have all mentioned, I don't think it's uh it's he's he's covered himself in in glory um with, with yeah. those comments either. And and yeah I I'd probably suggest that he just he just leaves it at that. I think a lot of he's safe face with a few people but he might he might start ruining it with other with others. So I, I would probably leave it at that with him. 
it is giving disgruntled <laughs> disgruntled exedic. And there's a part of me that's kind of sitting there thinking, he watched that Sabaz live screamer at the weekend, it was fucking fuming, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was livid. He was livid. Bro, I know his head was hot. Else, man, what's 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 your one word? When you were reading that, what was what's your one word summary? Um, yeah, I think we'll leave you summed up. Well, but, but mine was just more unnecessary. It's like you've had your you've had your like dance in the sun. Everyone's you've mm. done your thing for twelve years. It was just natural for you to move on. Like your performance level was shocking last season. You're not really needed. It's just unnecessary. Like nobody really cares what happened. Everyone just wants to, was happy to see you go. We got 12 million. Uh, yeah, it's just unnecessary. And everything you've done up until this point is now looking shaky. So, yeah, unnecessary, man. It's mad. The whole thing is just mad. And I've just seen something from Adam. Uh, I think Adam Crafton has done an uh, interview with someone where he's basically just said the quote, he's a pretty good guy who's made decisions very hard to justify. And I feel like that's what this entire thing was, just in him to give him justifying what it is. And a part of me is kind of sitting there when I was reading it all, when he was talking about, and all this has now come out about the money and stuff. Like it's not as much as he thought it was. Like, bro, like if you would have just literally just sat there and went, you know what? I've done all this stuff, you know, previously. That won't change. I'll continue to keep doing it. But in all honesty, I got a massive offer that I couldn't refuse. And I just had to take it. If you would have said that, I feel like we all would have kind of been like, I know what, fair, fair enough, man. Fair play. Because I know if someone offered, if someone came to me right now and said, I will triple or quadruple your salary. You think I'm sitting here and not saying no? Of course I'm taking it. Hmm. Just give me double, but, man. Forget triple and quadruple. <laughs> give me double and I'll, I'll start moving mad. I'll be so real. I'd compromise for an extra six grand, to be fair. You know what I mean? But like, uh, I would have been gone tomorrow, mate. Today, straight. <laughs> In this day and in this day and age, big exactly. Brother, <laughs> I'm seeing Birmingham City Council going bankrupt, and I'm like, I know the parking fines are coming my way expeditiously. Um, <laughs> so, but it's kind of it's it's, it's I think it's all, all right for us to kind of like sit here and, and and say that because we haven't now completely different kind of set of tones, but we haven't explicitly gone out of our way to show support to specific groups that we would be then turn our back on that's mm. the kind of minutiae of it all and it's that hot it's that that's the one thing that I, I'm, I'm really glad that adam crafton really pressed on him on about it that he couldn't justify and i don't think he can so it's a little my, my situation thing, i was saying, sorry chris my thing is is that that what did you expect clock to do i don't understand you're 33 we were bringing in under 24s. You're not as you're probably still fit, but that you can't marry up the, the fitness level and the technical level, level mm. together. Um, mm. You left too many gaps in the team. We need to like, we need to change up the team. Like, what did you expect Klopp to say? Like, oh yeah, you're my go-to guy. You're supposed to be the go-to guy last season, and it didn't work. So obviously, we have mm. to change something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't work. So obviously, we now have to change something. Why do you think? Like you're still of that level. Like I like Jordan, and I like I'm one of his backers. But I don't. I was watching it. I was reading. I was thinking, but why do you think that we had to start with you? It made no sense with us. You haven't yeah. got the level ability of like a Tiago, where you can sit back and you can you know ping the ball left, right, left and right. You you don't show it consistently. 
what he was good for was a good engine, good legs. Occasionally, you know what I'm saying you ping the ball here and there, but you don't show it consistently. Bro, just sit down, be the guy at the back, cajole the troops, and just carry on with your life. Like you can't be centre of attention no more. It's impossible. And if he doesn't want to see that, then boy, well, twelve million, I was gas. I was like, boy, I love that all day. Ever. Ever, I did. I never thought he was going to leave on a free. That was the thing. That's what they wanted, didn't it? That was the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, then my foot was leaving on a free. Brother, <laughs> honestly, and it's like you sit there and you're kind of thinking it, and it's like his reluctance to take on the quote-unquote Milner role. It's like, bro, when you get to a <laughs> certain was point a better the... footballer than you. Milner was twice the player you ever were. Like, <laughs> that's facts. Listen, if I start on if I start on Hendo, like I think he, he he really nicked a living for the last. 12 to 18 months of his time here, like, oh, he yeah. should be grateful. He should be grateful. He should be grateful. Yeah. A, he, he, should be so, he should be so grateful back in the day. Like, he, he done a lot, he done a lot for us, but we done a lot for him as well. So, I don't know why he's moving mm. like this now. If I'm being honest, it's um, yeah, it, it, the, the whole thing is just, just, just mad. And like, my one message to Jordan Henderson would be uh, off the back of all this, my brother, I don't know what PR company you hired in it, but um. You might want to sack him and hire another one because, <laughs> because that's he, thought, just... he, he thought they could run it back for him. I can't lie. When I saw Atletico Madrid and PSG, I nearly fell off the face of the earth. I said, <laughs> <laughs> What team? Imagine, yeah, right. So we'll just take him a second. Listeners as well. You take a second to kind of like absorb this in. Imagine Jordan Henson and a Diego Simeone um, oh, setup man. team. Haram of the highest Take order. Take a minute for that. Of the yeah. highest order. Haram of <laughs> the really highest that, order, bro. <laughs> the highest order. That's anti-football, right? Hey, listen. <laughs> uh, but he's but, doing all right where he is. He's good where he is, man. I'm, I'm, let him just stay there. I'm happy for him. Yeah, let him do his thing, man. Also, this is the... um. This this. You know you're in the wrong, innit? And you know you are very much in the wrong when I've just seen a tweet come up that says... From, from Nigel Farage, because I'm searching Jordan Henderson on Twitter to see what the thing is. He's saying, is Jordan Henderson a hypocrite? And he goes, no, he's a hero. Bro, oh, again, that's... man, I'm begging you, bin off the PR company and hire, I'll do it for free. <laughs> this is bad, man. This is... Yeah, that's just made me realise how bad it is. And again, I think it might be the the only person in history where it's just a high high profile like incident kind of where it's gone on. And if you just would have simply gone, I did it for the money, like Rikishi, I did it for the rock, I did it for the people, I did it for the money, it would have actually gone down better than what you actually did come out with. So, bravo, man, you've managed to somehow fuck everything up again. Um, so yeah. And that's all we're going to speak about about Jordan Henderson. Um, uh, a lot more of our platforms have covered it in a bit more detail, but we, we always want to take the approach where we read it this morning. We've had myriads of conversations about it in the group chat, and the overwhelming sentiment is the same. He's not done himself any favors. Um, he did a massive disservice to the club that stuck by him through some quite shit times with him as a footballer. And he kind of betrayed the one manager who pushed him to new heights. So fair enough, Jordan. If that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. 
let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Now let's talk about the actual fun stuff. Um, Liverpool are really good, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're back. Thing, man. We might be back. We might be back. Cooking <laughs> small, 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 man. Um, I've got my joy back. Let me just say that. <laughs> yes, let's go, man. Let's go. Because we were sitting, we've been sitting here all summer. We've been like, I have no idea what's going on. I still don't think we're fully stocked in midfield. We haven't got a DM X Y Z. Still think we're one short in certain areas. But I'm going to put that aside until that ugly monster raises head. At the beginning of the season, we would have took ten from twelve. Um, mm. Again, with the benefit of hindsight, I think we all could go back and say. Looking at Chelsea now, we probably could have won that game. But it's first game of the season. It's a new unit. There's jitters, etc. But we all would have taken 10 from 12. You would have assumed that the one point probably would have come from Newcastle away. Uh, but again, doesn't address how crap Newcastle are at the moment. With a new unit, new style of play, and basically playing two games with 11 men, this is the best possible start I think Liverpool could have had to this season. Yeah. Everyone is singing from a, uh, a specific hymn sheet. And the style of play, as we saw against Villa, when implemented correctly, and when we actually do have 11 men on the pitch, pretty good at football. Mm. What? And I'll ask, you, I'll ask you all the same question, and I think we'll all come to the same conclusion. And it's quite funny that we're having it off the back of this Henderson discussion. What do you all think the major change has been for us to look marketably better than what we saw last season? It's just, I think it's just literally as simple as New midfield, obviously, that's the elephant in the room, obviously. Brand new midfield. It's like getting a brand new shiny engine in your car. Like, it's it's just changes the whole dynamic. And I think it's just new tactics, man. I'm telling you, like, just n- new tactics. And and we all kind of knew that last season, right, one of the club's biggest, biggest um, criticisms that we had against him was that he waited way too long to change it up. Anyway, ways you look to change up, and when he did change up, lo and behold, we started getting results. And even if there's obviously there was things to iron out with these tactics, the defensive issues, the cover for Trent, for example, there's still things to iron out. But we don't underestimate the impact of just fresh ideas, fresh tactics, and just fresh players. Because not only is it new for the people that are facing us, but it's new for the players that are doing it, which means that it's not the same mundane runs or the same mundane movements that they're making that they've been doing for the last four years. They've got something new to learn, get their teeth stuck into, to commit to, to show that they're good enough to do. Like players like, for example, Robertson, he's kind of gone back to square one now. He's not the same tactical team set up that he's been the best left back in the world now. He's got a new position and he needs to prove that he's up to the level now so he's gonna have to work hard and I think he's he's trying his best obviously still needs to do to do more but you can see that these guys are hungry um the DM situation I think quite risky obviously we're not going to go for a traditional DM but I think Klopp wants to defend with the whole midfield three as like a unit and I think against Mm -hmm. Aston Villa they kind of showed glimpses of how it should work 
when when it when when it when it happens. So I think it's promising. It's been really pleasing to to see that we've got something new to look forward to, you know, and it's still being tweaked. You know, he's changing it from week to week as well. We saw a little tweak with Matip and Trent swapping positions, you know, allowing Trent to drop deeper and get a bit more of a picture of the of the of the pitch, you know, and he's not too congested in the midfield as well, so he gets a bit more time. So yeah, honestly, I'm glad that Klopp and and the team are are evolving and and they're they're still thinking as well. That's, that's something I didn't see before, so it's really exciting. I think Manny's hit the nail on the head that uh, head there ish um, the midfield, the, the the energy, and that was the big thing from that first half against Villa. The energy, the coordination, the press. Everyone singing from the same hymn sheet. That desire to win back the ball, break quickly. It's night and day to compare to what we saw in some elements of last season. It's just mad as well because, like, obviously, he spoke about the elephant in the room before, but we've not changed in terms of personnel. There's not that much change from our teams from last season. It's just the two glaring things that you see in there. There's that we've got two new midfielders that can actually ball out. They can actually <laughs> carry the ball from A to B. They can actually play passes that are slightly incisive. They're not just playing at sideways all the time. And lo and behold, we look a whole different unit. Like Trent mm-hmm. looks, let's be honest, had a shaky first two games. Or yeah, had a, had a, it was all right against Chelsea. Then Bournemouth and uh, Newcastle was quite shaky. He looked very much improved against Villa, having a time of his life out there. The 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 passing range from Trent was just ridiculous <laughs> in that game, specifically Ooh. like. Uh, like ridiculous, ridiculous, and they just weren't pressing him. They were just giving. He was having fun. He was having fun the whole time he was on the pitch. But for me, the biggest, the biggest kind of improvement I've seen is more the application from the team. The defense looked like they want to defend. The attack looked like they want to kind of help each other out and create chances. And the midfield looked like they want to do a bit of both, going both ways. Like I'm seeing Subas like mm-hmm. appear all over the pitch. McAllister, I think, has been very underrated in his first four mm-hmm. games as well kind of gone under the radar a little bit but I think he's he's living up to my own personal baby Gundo kind of tag I was putting on him before like he'll just give you yeah. sevens and eights suppose I'll do the KDB get the glory but all you need McAllister's all in you need. there he's in the trenches yeah, he's putting in serious shifts man like I'm just so happy with those two signings and I said it yesterday on on uh, Copa Incarnate but as long as you've got those two in midfield I think I'm good you know I think I'm good Endo could chop his minutes here and there Gravin Birch can come in and get his minutes. Thiago, bro, he'll, like, when you see him, you see him in it. But as long as we've got those two in there, I think we're good. I think we're very good. Crazy thing is, you've not even mentioned Curtis Jones either. He's quietly balling out as well. He's quietly yeah, balling out. He's, he's, he's cooking, small, small, like low heat, small, low heat. But those two. Yeah. El, Els, what did you think of what did you think of Jones' performance on Saturday? Another uh, Saturday, Sunday, because it's one of those games where. And I think I I, I, meant, I, I equated it to a very typical Georgina one album performance. Yeah, very selfless. Yeah. There's a lot of off-the-ball yeah. stuff. And it goes under the radar. But when you kind of look at it in the full scope of it, you're like, okay, I'm allowing all the other footballers around me to ball out. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I think he alluded it to me to it himself a couple of seasons ago, or maybe last season where he was saying that Klopp was trying to teach him to be a midfielder, a proper midfielder. And that's with the pressing, with the usage of the ball. And I think we saw it last season where um, he didn't really, because usually, well, when he came into the team, this is Curtis Jones, when he came into the team, he used to hold on to the ball for too long. He used to try and do a few things here and there. 
a couple stepovers when it wasn't needed. But now we're seeing him mature into a player where he, he knows when to use the ball, who knows when to press, who's using his athletic ability very well. Um, I think uh, Ish described McAllister as like a, a 7 out of 10, 7 out of 8 out of 10 player who just does the right things. I think that's what Curtis Jones is going into. He's going into that kind of player who just does what he needs to do. He doesn't want to do too much, doesn't do too little. Too little. He just carries mm-hmm. on. And, and that's what I wanted for Jones. And that's what, he, that's what he's... He's going into, and that's that's how he can stake his claims to the team. Um, Klopp was very, very, very. Um, he was banging on the drum about pressing last season, and Curtis Jones probably one of the best pressers in the team. Um, against Villa, I think we we maxed our pressing. That like, I think we had about nine presses in the first half, something like that, and we done it more than we done it last season in all games, in the entirety of games, it's just one game, we pressed more than we did on in the whole season. So um you can see where the difference is is one, the new midfield and just two the energy that we have. All the all the pressing is, is going so well with this which allowed Trent to pick out the passes because the front guys are doing what they're supposed to do. Last season nobody was actually pressing well because obviously we had no legs in the midfield. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? We had like a quarter legs in the midfield. That's that, that's probably just Badgetich alone um, doing, doing everyone's pressing. So but now we've got Sly, we've got McAllister, we've got Jones who are who are who are pressing really well. Seeing the triggers, also Nunes seems like he's cottoned on to the to the pressing. Um, Salah, 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 and even even Diaz is cottoned on as well. So yeah, long may continue, man. We're cooking right now. Hey, Diaz has been balling, man. Um... He's been he's been he's been fantastic all season. But this this quote this quote from um it's from Josh Williams um of the Anfield Wrap. So thank you very much for this, Josh. Um, quote from Klopp's press match post match presser, where basically went the mixing possession between control and direction was close to perfect. That's how it felt. We could use the formation today properly. Everyone wanted the ball, or protected, or or showed, or offered. It's, it's yeah. no coincidence. That I think that a player when you bring a player like Curtis Jones in who offers all four of those elements. Everything mm. seemed a bit more controlled. Players were allowed to kind of be a bit more expansive. They uh, they could press in more of a direct and controlled manner because he could fill in and plug those gaps. Pause. But <laughs> when we're talking about the actual game itself, I had to get one in there. You know what I mean? Um, so Kev, pardon if we don't do a pause. Um, speaking of the ballers that we had on the pitch, there's only one person we have to start off with, and he has been week on week. He's been getting better. Um, like Ish alluded to, he's everywhere on that pitch. And he is becoming the glue that is allowing that right-hand side of Liverpool's team to absolutely fly uh, in these first few games of the season. Dominic Sabozlai, um, I think I might love that guy, man. He's so, so good. And it's just personified by the goal he scores. Manny, talk to me how impressed you've been with Sabozlai this season and what you saw on Sunday. Yeah, man, suppose like this guy, I'm actually, I'm running out of words and each week, man, it's just something <laughs> new to say about him. Like, it's it's, it's crazy. Like, he's, he's just showcasing each week just different facets to his game, just different things. Like, first week, he just showed us the, the workhorse. Second week, he showed us the the ball carrier, the this tech. 
now he's, he's showing us the goals, the long range. I've been waiting for that one. And boy, like, and you know what we're supposed to like? I want to give him props because it's early days. Obviously, it's early days, you know, and he's still got to show it a long time as well. But because of the impact that he's made so far, obviously, big pressure on him as well because 60 million isn't cheap, you know, especially in this market, you need to perform. And in the in a day and age where there's always so much talk about flops and this guy's not reached his price tag, this guy's not done this, this guy's not done that. I think you've got to mm-hmm. respect the guys that come in with the big pressure and they just hit it off, man. And and that guy, he's, his personality as well, his character is a special character, you know. And I think that we maybe not seen it just yet, but this guy could honestly be up there maybe a few years. He could be vice captain in Trent very, very soon. I'm telling you, like Van Dyke, obviously, is the is um gonna have a few years here, uh, and obviously a few of the older players are going. But I think Sabozla, if he stays here, he seems like such a big character already. He seems like everyone loves the guy already. You know, he shows personality on the pitch as well as as well as just off it. So. And then, yeah, footballing abilities, I just can't wait to see more of the guy, you know, like get him on some of them free kicks. You know, he's had a few sizes. Uh, I'm going to say one of those knuckleballs are going to fly in the top corner. And yeah, man, it's going to be an exciting season, man. I- I've already said it in one of the streams before. I'm outside his shout, I think he he ends up being our player of the season, but we'll see at the end. I wouldn't be bad at it at all. Um, it's, I think I saw someone tweet, I think it might have been David who tweeted it the other day when, um, Obviously, missed out on Champions League football, which means we couldn't get our kind of like number one target. So we re-pivoted. Can't remember with Dominic Sabaz, like I guess as a consolation prize. It's pretty nice, man. It's um, it's it's pretty good. Um, I mean, his stats against Villa were, were fantastic as well. Ninety uh, percent pass accuracy, created two chances. Um, obviously, he gets the goal, completes basically all of his dribbles. But it's in those defensive actions where it's like really stands out yeah. to you. Kind of all the recoveries and how he's consistently involved in a, in a duel. Um, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to put you know uh, a price on. I guess it'd be sixty five million pound, wouldn't it? To a player who mm. makes a difference to your team like that. But mm. I mean, Ish, how how impressed have you been with with just his start? And can you see the road for him becoming just such an integral piece of what Liverpool want to do? He just um, he offers everything. Like I was familiar with the attacking side of his game but see mm-hmm. the way he's putting himself about and just he just looks like he's he's one of those guys who every time he leaves the pitch you can tell that he's putting a real real shift and he's mixing it with quality as well obviously we've had guys in the past we've had our workhorses in midfield doing putting shifts but maybe lacking in the sort of final product but this guy he's got the the whole package he's got it he's got it all and I just think he's what 22 now I, I'm I'm worried to see this guy at 26 for everyone else in the league because it's gonna be it's gonna be big big problems man big big problems and I made the the McAllister Gundo comparison before we've got our KDB you know we've got our KDB like just just whisper it quietly I feel like we've got our KDB this guy is he's got that and I know it's a bit of a memed word at the moment but he's got that aura when I see him on the pitch and I'm just like mm. you want to be the guy you want to be the guy who's gonna decide football games and. Listen, we don't know what's going to happen with with Salah in the summer. We might be we might be missing a talisman. If there's anyone who's going to step up and take the mantle right now that we have in our squads, listen, it's it's Dominic, man. It's Dominic. He, he's the guy. He's he's just the guy. When I see him play, I'm just like I'm just so happy that for what I was seeing on our midfield last season, this is like the upgrade is crazy. The upgrade is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I kind of understand why Hendo feels a bit of a way now. 
You see someone who's yeah, like, yeah, 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 kind of like you're the younger model of you coming in, doing <laughs> all the hard yards. He's won everyone over. Good looking fella. He's kind of like, oh, all right, cool. I'm just gonna leave. Got it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been left with no choice but to leave. Uh, else, the, I think the big thing of what kind of issues alluded to there is. He's got such like a really good character towards him as well. Whenever he's hearing him speaking, like post match interviews and the way he talks and quite how direct he is about his goals and what he wants to achieve. Have you been impressed by that, that mentality showing on and off the pitch so far? 100%. 100%. You know, when pre-season started, he'd done the um, lactate test and um, he's done it. He's smashed everyone apart from Salah, of course. And then he's gone for like, Trent's like, he got what? I think he got like, level 20 is something crazy anyway the man just finished the thing he's all standing around looking like what more running yeah he just reminded me of one of them one of them soldiers Ivan Drago from the, in the forest <laughs> <laughs> and I said yeah we've got a problem there then obviously first game Chelsea he's done like a little jinky majinky into the box but then I think I think it was Jota that took the shot away yeah Jota man that was yeah, wild. I've still not over. Walsh had 12 points. Oh, what's this? <laughs> but he's done that with the jinky majinky, yeah? And I thought, okay, okay. Then it's come to Bournemouth. He's, he's playing well against Bournemouth. But the Newcastle game really, really, like, really, really showed me more because we're down to 10 men. And it's him doing them, like, the midfielding. He's just absolutely patrolling. He's just everywhere, left, right. Obviously, they started... They started quick, but as, as soon as he settled down, went down to 10 and he was bullying man. He wasn't letting man have it. And I, that, that kind of character is, is something that we've lacked for, well, I would say a couple of seasons. Away. But that, you know, when we won the league between 18 and 20, 2020, you couldn't really bully us. It was a myth mm, that you yeah. couldn't, you couldn't say that, yeah, you want to bully us. It was just yeah. an absolute myth. But I think with someone like him, he's, he's, he's showing that he can fit into that kind of a category where, you can't really bully my man. He's, he's a big lad. He's quick. He's as strong as you. He's as quick as you. Like, what are you going to do? And, and the technique as well. So, well, I'm gassed. I'm gassed to have him. He has got that X factor, man. He has got that X factor. He's definitely got that X factor. I'm looking forward to seeing how he performs in the next few games kind of coming up as well. Um, was this a surprise? I can say a surprise start. I feel like we were all kind of like not expecting Nunes to start against Villa. He gets the start off obviously the he's heroics against Newcastle. You what you what what we all saw was a few missed chances, but they felt different in a way. Now let me explain. Mm-hmm. We've had games last season where it was either like a missed shot or the everything seemed hurried and scuffed. But these were and this is gonna sound wild by the way, these were shots on target. These were had intent behind them, they didn't look rushed, they didn't look over fought. It looked like a striker with confidence doing what a striker with confidence does. And he was extremely unlucky not to bag, which is the mad thing. Um, like we saw the clip from uh, the inside Anfield one today where he, he headed just wide, but Martinez gets like a slight touch on it and obviously he changed it in midair. Um, Manny, what, what did you think of, of Nunes' performances kind of this season? And what do you think the big change has been? From these few for this season, especially, do you feel like we're playing more to his strengths, or is it just a, t- a kind of a combination of the team being a little bit more synergized? I think it's a bit of everything, you know. With Nunes, I, I've, I've really enjoyed watching Nunes this season only because of 
I just like seeing players that are putting the work in, you know, and you can see kind of visual improvement in their game. I think it's really, really good to see. And, and Nunes, I think you can really clearly see what he's been working on. I think in the Villa game, in terms of his build-up, I think he's found a way to fit into our team in terms of the build-up and not mess up other people's flow, which I don't think he was doing too much last season. Mm. I think he's found a way of kind of just dropping in deep, one little layoff and then he's off, he's running. He's not kind of keeping the ball, trying to beat a couple man and doing things that he can't really do on a consistent basis. So I think him now learning about himself and how he can fit into the team in a build-up perspective means that now he can be trusted in the start 11 more. Now, obviously, in terms of the finishing, I think obviously he didn't score against Villa. But I personally, last season, obviously, when it came to his finishing with Nunes, I just thought to myself, because your build-up is kind of really, really raw and horrific at times, like you're not really syncing with your teammates and you're not bagging your chances, I'm thinking, like, what really is the benefit of having you in the team right now other than developing you as such? It's almost like having Jota, but, but Jota can score goals, do you know what I mean? So you may as well just play him. But now, with Nunes starting to find a little bit of form in terms of on the ball, laying off and getting chances still, you know, the guy just, he's a chance magnet, man. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't think I've seen a chance fall to someone so many times. Like, they were the one, when you mentioned, you know, the one when he hit the crossbar, yeah? Like, if people remember, like, it came from a long ball to an offside side and the guy's literally just yeah. bolted it from outside the picture. <laughs> to beat the centre-back there and all of a sudden it's a chance. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not a chance. That's that's That shouldn't be a chance. That should be in the keeper's hands and the guy's just created that. So when you've got a player like that that can just create things out of sheer running power and just chaos, as we know, we call him Mr. Chaos because the guy's just everywhere in that attacking sense, he's going to get chances. So don't even worry about it. Like, he got two assists. I can forgive him for not scoring against Villa. Two assists, done mm. his well in, done well in build-up made chances, could have got a couple on another day. I think it's, it's something to build off. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Nunes and, and good on him because because it's, it's good to see that it's starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel because the mum was getting cooked last year, you know, and it was hard to defend him, I'll be real. But <laughs> now we can we can, we can we can have our chests out and so can he, so it's good. There's a really good article on The Athletic and I can assure your listeners, this is not a sponsored podcast by The Athletic, by the way. They've just got really good stuff on there at the moment. Um, talking about Liverpool's press in more detail uh, against Aston Villa um, and how it was kind of a lot like 1920, how these pressing traps were there. I mean, Pau Torres had a horrific game. I mean, that guy's head yeah, was going a lot after he that. He stinks. That guy stinks. Uh, yeah, he did. He looks a bit too soft on the prem. Liga centre-backs don't translate. I don't know. I, I might be making this up, but he's tippy-tapping defenders. I don't know about them, you know, in the prem. I've got the heart, man. I've got that dog in him. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of good stuff about, obviously, how our attack... I mean, obviously, our attack in terms of the pressure triggers and how they've done it. And I think there's a lot of big credit that goes to Nunes in that. He's reading it a lot more, closing people down, and it allows that unit to operate a lot better. And kind of following up on what Manny said there, you can actually play him a lot more now. He's getting the nuances to this game because it is quite complex in, in some aspects. You know, we do kind of think of like Gegen Preston, the, the essence of Preston sometimes as you just run around like a headless dog, just chasing the ball down. It's a lot more nuanced than that. It's a lot more structured. So if he if he can get that down, then Jesus Christ, the the, the price per tag will be justified. I want to talk about the front three in a bit more detail. Um, 
and Alice, I'll come to you. We've, we've got weapons now. You know what I mean? I think I think Gapo in the right games will serve his purpose. I think Jota in certain games will more than serve his purpose. But I think the front three that we played against Aston Villa had a lot of impetus to it. Um, Diaz was causing issues all across that first half. Salah was just being Mohamed Salah for the entire 90 minutes. Um, and it's absolutely just insane how he keeps... Year after year, I'm always left just a bit surprised by how he's up, made up his game and other gear. It's sick, man. He's like he's some form of anime character that just finds a new level every single season. He's mad. Um, obviously, Nunes kind of doing what he does. How impressed were you by the front three that we put out uh, on Sunday? Um, yeah, it was very impressive. Obviously, with the pressing triggers and them knowing when to press, but the fact that they're all so rapid must strike fear. Especially someone like Torres, he must have been shook. You've got all these guys just running at you, full pelt. I'll be shook, man. It's it's long, it's long. So it's it's something. It's different from Mane Salah for me, no. Do you know what I'm saying? Because obviously we haven't got mm-hmm. anyone dropping deep anymore. But this is just so much, much more direct. And when it's direct it's even more insane. So if you've got someone clipping the ball over the top and you, for some reason you come to Anfield and you want to play a high line, I'm not too sure what Emery was thinking about that. After the first round, you would have thought, all right, drop back, just drop back. But he didn't, he carried on. Okay. You just leave Nunes up there, you leave Salah up there, you leave Diaz up there. And yeah, it's very, very, um, it's difficult for a position to handle. Um, it's, it's, it's very threatening, it's very scary. Um, hopefully, as time goes on, they will understand themselves a bit, bit more. Considering, I think Diaz has been there, what, a year and a half, Nunes has been there for a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Salah has been there for ages, but yeah, the, the synergy will click halfway through the season and, and they'll probably even more, they'll probably even get better. But yeah, it's, it's very exciting because it's more direct and it's just very lethal. So, yeah. It's looking good, man. And this this is the thing as well. When we've got a midfield that can operate like he does now, um, with that high energy. I mean, yeah, I, was, I was just so impressed by how every asset of Liverpool in that first half and to the second half as well, because the gear changed. And that was the one thing that really impressed me. And is something that we were massively incapable of doing last season. Um, and it's I'll kind of come to you. How impressed were you with it with, with this team's ability to kind of be hot on the press? intensity, winning the ball back, building up a lead. But when it came to it in the second half, they could be a little bit more withdrawn, more controlled, mm. but still have that threat about them. I think that just goes back to kind of what we were saying before about, about the midfield specifically. Like being able to control a, a game rests a lot on being able to keep the ball well. And we have obviously players in there who are very, very good at keeping the ball and, and finding their man with the ball as well. So I think Second half, that's something I really noticed is that, boy, these guys are actually quite good at retaining the ball. They're not just turning it over willy-nilly and, and kind of setting so, up. So, so they're not just hoofing it to the back post. I mean, lo and behold, that is actually a good tactic not to do that. You, you, you would have <laughs> it. But listen, we did what you had to do. And the control of the game was, was what kind of impressed me the most. Obviously, the goals are great, but we got mm. to like maybe 70, 71 minutes. And I was like... This is going to be quite telling now to see how we see this game out because if yes. we conceded a goal to Villa, it could start looking a bit crazy. You saw the game with 
Brighton last season when Trossard got a hat trick, no control in the game, managers hoofing it left, right, and centre, treating the ball like a grenade. I think we uh, we went. I think we might have got up in the game three times. So just, that just goes to show you how little control we had in games last season. Big big balls just kind of shooting all over the place. But I liked as well in terms of Klopp's post match. He spoke about the balance between being direct and also having control. I like that as well because. Let's not lie, but there were times when Trent looked up and just thought, fuck it, I'm going to hoof up to, to Darwin or Diaz. And I know that these guys are, they've got the pace to run in behind and cause madness. And that's what they did. And I just, I just enjoyed that game beginning to end. I watched it back now. To, I watched it back again after watching it. And I'll tell you for a fact, last season, I was not watching back games for LFC. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free, yeah. Bar, bar United at home, I was not watching back games for, for love nor money. Like, And obviously it helps when you're winning, but for me, the biggest thing is the performance. I'm actually seeing coherent performances. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. Considering the fact as well, we've had two games with, with 10 men for large majorities. I was still looking cohesive. Bournemouth, we actually looked better with, with 10 men. Obviously, Newcastle with 10 men, we had scored two goals as well. So I just, I'm seeing a togetherness that I like. Last season, I wasn't seeing, the, I was seeing 11 individuals out there all struggling to kind of stay afloat. But I'm actually seeing them kind of pull through and try and help each other out. People look like they want to play. The guys that were there from last season that played badly look re-energized again. I want to pick up Robbo as well. Last couple of games, he's been he's looking yeah. kind of back to his best a little bit. Like, like he's he's looking decent. So played played really 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 well on Sunday. He looked good. He looked good. And what I liked as well about Robbo is that he's kind of and I mean this with the utmost respect, but he's kind of staying in his lane now. He knows what he's good at. He's not trying to do up, uh, like I don't know. He's not trying to do up top sober or like Pau Torres in terms of ball playing. He knows that <laughs> his game is his game is one two and energy. He's not trying to dribble out on his own and just hoop out <laughs> like so. I, I, all I want to see is progression in it, and I can see Klopp progressing in his tactics. The team are progressing in their play. It's happy days, man. It's happy days. So you can ask for, man. So you can ask for, Manny. Um, I think uh, Ish put, put, put quite well. Players from last season who disappointed us. I mean, one player from last season who disappointed us in in kind of a myriad of ways. And I think he'll be quite honest and say that his performances went up to, up to scratch when he did feature uh, was Joe Gomez. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons we were able to control the game in the way that we did, second half especially, was because he played one of his best games for a long time. How do you solve a problem like Joe Gomez now going forward? Because I actually think it's a little bit difficult to go to him, especially if it gets Wolves, and say mm. we're going to bring Canate back in because I actually think you 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 kind of keep him in for Wolves um, yeah. at this point off the back of that performance. How impressed were you with him uh, from the weekend? And do you think this is some actual light towards the end of that tunnel where we can get back to a point with Joe Gomez where where we can say we've actually got something again here? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, man. Like, do you know, I don't know, obviously, I'm sure a lot of Liverpool fans think the same, but when Joe Gomez plays well, man, it hits different, man. Like, I think everyone wants him to to, to do well. And when he's at the top of his game, that guy, he's, he, he's, he's got the Rolls Royce gene, I call it. Like, those guys that make it look so easy. Like, not every centre-back, even the top centre-backs, like, for example, like, for example, like Ruben Diaz, for example, not to put any slow on him, one of the best defenders, if not the best in the Prem right now. But I don't say he's like a Rolls Royce defender. Like he's very active. He's very aggressive. He's like, but then there's some other defenders in a mold where it's just they're in cruise control almost. And and Gomez at his best could be like that. Um, in terms of going forward, obviously the injuries is where the injuries is where it's kind of obviously stunted him. And I think it's a case where he's just going to be one of them guys that 
his body just won't allow him to maybe hit the heights that he maybe would have been able to to hit. And it's a shame because it's that story for a lot of players. I think some people are just unlucky, you know, in their body composition that it's, it's, it doesn't allow it. But with Gomez, I've, I've, even though he disappointed last season, as as a lot of people have said, I'm always kind of in the camp that I don't mind keeping Gomez for the fact that obviously he's a homegrown player. Um, he can also play obviously the fullback position, not world class, but he can do it. Do you know what I mean? He can hold his own there, and in on occasion he can fill in at, at centre back. And on his day, he can he can perform. Um, so I think as you mentioned there, definitely I would try keep him playing as as much as he as possible, you know, because he's good when he has momentum. Um, obviously, you've got to be careful with it because what has always killed his momentum is kind of mm-hmm. playing too much and the injuries, you know, so kind of having Kanate to come back in and, and Matip will will help with that. But yeah, I've got a lot of time for Joe Gomez as a, as a player. Like, it's a, it's a real big tragedy. I think it's up there with like your, your Daniel Sturridge's and your and your maybe even like your navigators and whatnot in terms of what could have been if the guys didn't get injury injuries because Physically, the guy was an absolute animal, you know, a few years ago. And I think now he's got a bit of it, but it's also confidence, you know, because when you have so many injuries and you're not so confident in your body, you know, you might not push yourself as much as you would have done a couple of years ago because uh, you don't want to be out for another six-week stretch. So, yeah, hopefully he can find out a bit of rhythm. And I think he'll be a big player for this season, Europa League as well. I'm sure he'll be the centre-back and um, I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll grow in, in, in confidence. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing how he kind of handles the rest of the season, really. Mm. I think it's difficult to kind of go to him as well, especially at this point of his career, that, you, yeah, you'll be the main guy for Europa League, but kind of beyond that, not really too sure. That's why I think it's really important for him to start against Wolves um, at the back of the international break. Which, I, yeah, I, I think he will as well. Um, I mean, I think, I guess I just quick, quick, quick round robin before we move on to the next um, uh, topic that we'll kind of finish the part on. But, have you all been impressed by Jurgen's in-game tactics, um, substitutions, especially this season? Because that was one of the big things from last year that I don't think he nailed down quite well. So, Els, I'll start with you. Have you been, you've been impressed with Jurgen's in-game decision-making this, this season so far? Uh, 100%. Um, Newcastle away says it all, really. I think I think what's helped Klopp is he's got options now. I think last season yeah. we didn't have options. Yeah. Um, last season we was running on thin ice. Um, so this season he's got options. I mean, and the options are now like a year older, a year smarter. Obviously, the likes of Curtis Jones and um, Harvey Elliott have improved, and it showed against Chelsea. Um, both of them coming on, changing the flow of the game. It showed against Newcastle. Elliott coming on, changing the flow of the game. You have got Nunes that can come on. Uh, against Villa, we had Gagpo, Jota and Elliot again. So, yeah, he's got options now and, and the options are better. So, I think he's allowed him to now do what he can do in terms of managing the game and, and making substitutions. But the, I think the big one for me is Harvey Elliott being kind of like one of the first subs off the bench and, and making an absolute instant impact. Um, you know, he's kind of... Quit up with Kanye away from last season. Our brother is, is lost and confused when he was out on that pitch sometimes. But again, man, it just goes to show you that when you've got hardworking kind of guys in the room who give a shit about themselves and more importantly the football club, 
they're going to adapt their game and kind of just continue to develop. And sometimes we do forget that he's like what nineteen twenty, so there's still a lot more growth in terms of, sure, yeah. kind of what he can what what he can deliver. But Ish, kind of same question to you: Have you have you been impressed by by Jurgen's kind of in game decision making this season? I mean, yeah. Let's let's be honest; it couldn't get any worse than than last season. Like, it's true. <laughs> my man spent half the time just just smiling in defeat. Just, just stood just stood on the on the touchline, just smiling, and I'm just like, brother, are you, are you not feeling what I'm feeling? But yeah, yeah. Like, like like Ellis was saying, he he's been very quick to to change things up for the better. And this is like I said earlier, this is all we want to see. All I want to see is is character development, and it looks like he's kind of he's he's learned his mistakes. He's learned from his mistakes from last season, and on it long, long may it continue. The only thing is that can kind of unravel us will be will be injuries, and if we have issues with personnel, but. We've already seen this season. We've had obviously Van Dyke out for the Villa game. We've not even seen Bajatic and, and Thiago yet. So we have managed to navigate because again, like Alice said, we've actually got quality off the bench, we've got quality options mm-hmm. to bring on. We're not bringing on just random ballers for, for cameos and then they're getting injured. So far, so good. It looks like these players are actually going to be fairly robust and going to be able to kind of carry us through the season because. We've got a we've got a tough run coming up after the international break. Then we're into another tough run. Then the Europa League starts. So it's gonna listen. This is another thing as well. When we were trying to make midfield signings in the summer, and people are telling me, "Ah, oh, what about Harvey Elliott's game time? What about Bajatic's game time?" We are playing hopefully sixty odd games this year, Thursday, Sunday, most weeks. So we're gonna need 10, 11 midfielders because listen, injuries and suspension will happen. We know this happened already this season, so everyone's going to get their chance. And it, it looks like we've got quality that's actually ready. I'm not seeing guys come off the bench and like, oh, for flip sake, what's this guy mm. doing here? Yeah. Obviously, I know Jorah and Gakpo have been a bit stinky, but they're quality players that I'm hoping they'll come good. But it's getting to a point now, I'm looking at the bench, obviously after internationals, Thiago and Basilic should be back, but it's going to be a point where our bench is actually looking like pretty solid. And it's only a good thing. It's only a good thing. So, yeah, just, just long may it continue. Long may it continue indeed. Um, and one person to stay who I want to continue for, for fairly long is, is Mohamed Salah, um, who has been subject to many bids from El... Is it Etihad? Um, yes, from, yeah. the Saudi, from the Saudi Pro League. I think the latest one was in the £200 million range, which is, is wild when you think about it. Wild. Um Manny, what's, what's, what's been your whole thought process behind this? Have you kind of... I think we can all categorically agree that it's way too late now for, for, for the players to leave the football club. It would be even wilder if we left in January, considering mm-hmm. the, the hopes, ambitions we have as individuals and the club have for the rest of the season. Come to next summer, though, um, if the price tag was still the same, what would your thoughts kind of be there in terms of allowing Mohamed Salah to leave, if that's something he even wanted? Well, first of all, like, I can't lie. This whole Salah saga at the moment, if you can call it that, it, it kind of has opened my eyes to, I think, I don't think we've actually deeped it that. This is, we're coming to the towards the end of Salah, I think, whether we like it or not. Like, I think this, the the, the show is, is, is going to finish soon, unfortunately. And when it comes to next season, I think if the money is on the table next season, 200 mil they're talking, I think, it's crazy to say, but you do have to take it. I'll be honest. I think when 
the rumor was that they put in the bid for this season. You know, when they put the 150, right? I thought to myself, like, okay, like these guys are jokers. Like this, 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 this is getting rejected. Like this is nothing. And then people are asking me now, like, oh, do you reckon Salah will leave? Like, what if they come in with 200? Blah blah blah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, nah, this, this the principle. It's too late. Like, I'm just thinking of that. And then news actually drops that. 200 mil is on the table, 220. And then you actually, when it was there, when it's arrived, right, your, your mind check, you're just thinking like, okay, wow, we're, we're actually in the moment now. And then you think about it, 220 million pounds, not your pound, <laughs> for Mohamed Salah, who we signed for 30 mil. And we've squeezed every last drop of that guy's talent, of that guy's ability. Like he has fulfilled his potential and then some at Liverpool Football Club. It will be a very, very sad day. Like when he leaves, we would have lost an all-timer Liverpool legend. And and That's... we only experienced watching very few, especially some of the younger generation, like people that weren't watching your rushes, your daglishes. In the modern era, only really Gerard and maybe people loved like your Suarez's and your Torres's, but I don't really hold them to the same level as Salah personally. I think Salah is in up there with the legends of the football club and it's going to be very emotional when he leaves. Um, I don't really know about letting him kind of just keeping him for one season and letting him go on a free. I think it's a bit short-sighted. Uh, and to be honest, if Salah sounds like he's not really, because it sounds like, I don't know what the real deal is with this. I don't know if you guys are any really better than me, but it sounds like Salah kind of accepted the move to Etihad, but he won't kick up a fuss. So he doesn't like, he won't, force the move, which is why it's not really kind of being forced. But if it's a case where he's open to the move and they're in for 200 mil next season, I think we need to now start making our contingency plan. I know we're not really good at that, making plans at all, but we need to start making a contingency plan uh, and think about what we're going to do after him because he's going to go in the next two years, whether we like it or not. So what's the what's the year difference for, for the sake mm. of 220 mil that can rebuild mm. our entire squad? You know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's a hard decision to make, but it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a hard, hard year, man. When he when he goes, so this is what I'm thinking as well. I, I'm I'm of the belief that when it comes to like a footballer like Mohamed Salah, obviously money involved would be crazy if he went over the insane money. Mm. He's already on insane money, kind of in a way. It's all about his ambitions and the his ambitions being matched. That's why I think it's it's a little bit because if we do if we kind of keep going with what we're doing this season, obviously back into Champions League is uh, a non disclaimer at this point has to happen. Um, if we kind of get back to the glories of 18, 19, 19, 20, why would you want to leave? Kind of one of those things you want to stay for it for the long haul and move the physical shape that he keeps in, and like we keep, well, like we said earlier on, the level of his game keeps going up and up and up every single season. At some point, it will regress. But it's just natural. It's one of those one of those things. But with footballers like that, they're just kind of like timeless. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I, I think he could potentially extend his stay, maybe a year or, or, or two. Just depends. But my other thing is with obviously the, the, the money. You'd be like, oh yeah, two two hundred twenty million. You take it in it. You know what I mean? Right. It allows you to do so much uh, for, for 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 this squad. I, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't so know. They, let, let me let me let me land. Yeah, yeah. Would you trust the club to actually reinvest it properly? Would be my other point. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. I do not trust these guys with a pack of skittles. Yeah, I give these guys two hundred million. They are chopping that money for themselves. I, I almost don't want them to get that amount of money. I'm almost, I'm willing to say, summer twenty twenty four or even twenty twenty five. Listen, 
give me 100 mil, we'll shake hands, we'll say no more. Do you think I want FSG to have 220 million pounds sterling in their back pocket? You will see 30 million of it. You are telling me the You will see 30 million. You will see 30 million of that, and the rest will be like, yo, don't know what happened. I would say the new stand or accent needed refurbishments. We're not seeing that money. Exactly. When I hear 200 million, I'm thinking, that's not that's not going to the key. So why do I care? Why do I care? Give me two more years of Salah over any any amount of money. That's the camp I'm in. Are you telling me the last three sporting directors died on this property? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> if, if, George, if George is still in the job, that guy cannot see any more cash. Like, yeah, he's he's gone. Any more cash. He's got to be gone. Let me see. There's only... There's, there's is, only he's gone. There's only one man I trust with uh, 200 million pounds to invest in property. I'm hearing rumours. I'm hearing rumours. Uh, I mean... I've seen that as well. Listen, listen. Uh, I think I think Ward. Well, I saw the rumors of Ward coming back. Rumors, allegedly. I don't know. I'm not affiliated to the club. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just saw. I just saw. But so yeah, I it, think, but not, but I agree someone said it in it. Not me, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know saying. But um, I, I'm I'm gonna go against what Ish said. Um. If the club gets a sporting director, I'll trust them with the 200 mil. If, but that's a caveat of if they mm. get the appropriate sporting director. Because we saw what they've done with the Coutinho money, which landed two lifetime players. Um, if that's if they get a sporting director. If it's going to continue the way it happened this summer, I don't know. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not trying to see that. I'm not trying to be in that type of time frame again. Um, I, I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to do that. Bro. But going away from that, in regards to Salah, like you said, Chris, it depends on his ambitions. Um, I'm sure he's a proud. If you what do you call himself, African or Arab? Let's let's go with Arab. He's a proud Arab man who wants to further the game. You probably want to go out there. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, he'll be he'll be potentially a bigger draw than Ronaldo, potentially oh, because yeah. you know what I'm saying. He's from there. He's there, people. Like he's, he's in his peak, peak right now as well, and he's in his yeah. peak right now. I mean, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? But then, if Liverpool do get Champions League and Liverpool do challenge for the uh, for the title, he might think, "Look, I got one more in me. Let's try and." push it for, but it's all dependent on him innit do you know what I'm saying but 200 million on the table I'm, I'm going to have to take that man I'm going to have to take that but the thing is I don't know man Salah's a, Salah's a guy from I saw a Salah today Ellis, bro. Yo. I was just, who, but who is out we keep talking about this 200 million but Who's there? I'm hearing, I'm hearing in Bremo and both. Like, please, please drop me out. I beg you, please. Big up them guys. They're doing, they're doing things. Like, if you're telling me we're we're reinvesting 200 million in Bowen and in Bremo. Oh I'm telling you, man. Oh, listen, listen. I'm telling you, if if Mbwemo was on board, you'd be thinking of this differently. That's a long ago. Nah, but I thought he was 28, 29. When I heard he was 24, I was like, we would. Homeboy is 24 years old. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to see it. We would 100% sign Bowen. We, I could see it. I can literally envisage it. Like that would be the first signing. I'm sure. But the thing, and, and that's the thing, like, they'll have to do it carefully because I personally think if you sell Salah, 
you need to buy like three players. You need to buy someone to be a playmaker. You need to buy someone to be a goal scorer. Yeah. <laughs> then you need to buy yeah. someone who can just press well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he does all three of them. Literally. So uh, I, I don't know. He's, the, he's, he's the perfect footballer. Fam, he's the perfect. And you need to buy someone who's never injured. <laughs> this is the thing as well. This is the thing as well. My, Man. Availability is the best ability. This guy is never, 100%. never misses games. Bro, he's never, never injured, fam. He's never misses a game. You know what I'm saying? So, in what one player, you can split him into four. That's, yeah, that's it's, it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard thing. The thing. It's, it's a hard Do you guys thing. think there's any way that we tie him down to maybe a two-year deal or, or or an extension, maybe like a one-year extension? Because I think Chris said earlier, there's no way he leaves the club for nothing. So I think this summer. Mm. He either has to. He basically either it's either you stay and commit to a, a, an extension, yeah. or we shake hands and you say farewell. And I'm not ready to let Salah go, really just yet, especially if he get if he get UCL again as well. Oh, well, he might want to spin the block. He might want to spin the block one one more, bro. Just give give me one more year. He's give me one more. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him go out in, in Europa League. Europa, Europa innit? Nah, man. Come like come like Eddie Hazard, bro. I ain't trying to hear that. I ain't trying to hear that. Hey, I want that one. I want that one because the Hazard. When you're retiring, so listen, guys, I win. I win. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm saying. I mean, yeah, Hazard know. really turns that um, who want me meme, innit? And it's like 100% no. Like, about, um, uh, not even a little Burnley, yeah? Okay. Not even a little Saudi, bro. Not even a little Saudi. Not even a Saudi, fam. Nothing. Man's, the boots are getting hung up at 32 yeah, years old. Listen, I, I won't say too much. I think he, he retired last season, bro, man. No one saw him last season. Well, he retired two seasons ago. I no one saw him, man. I, I can't remember one game I thought, oh, yeah, Hazard played. Oh, I'm not. You know when footballers retire, do you reckon they should just, like leave their boots on the pitch like wrestlers do their boots in the ring? Just the symbolism. I'm leaving them on the pitch and I'm never coming back. Never, I never turn them back. I mean, or they should just like throw them over like um you don't even get electric lines. No, you don't even get electric lines anymore. No, you can't really. get electric lines, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what they took away from us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting, man. But I think we're all kind of on the same page with Salah. Mm. Foolish to do it now, but I think you just have to have a conversation of it with some point if you can't nail him down. But this is the thing, man. When we're talking about all-time great footballers, how the all hell time, do you man. replace someone? Brother, it's not you even close, man. He's an all-time, well, He's probably what, best right winger we've ever seen in the Premier League. But oh, if you even can call him a winger. Whatever you call them, 100%. I'll, I'll tell you the viewers know, right? My, my, my Twitter, yeah, you can see it in my pinned tweet, 2013, yeah? I discovered I myself. I said, I I saw I said we should sign him, bro. And I promise you, I, I was that. when we were linked, when we were linked, yeah, the gas level, people were thinking, like, why are you so gassed for Mo Salah? Like, the guy flopped to Chelsea. I was like, you guys don't know the half of it. This guy <laughs> is a goal-scoring machine, yeah? Like, I feel the immense pride I've just felt of his Liverpool career. Like, I reckon <laughs> I might shed tears when the guy Goes man, I'm not voting. I'm not, I'm not remotely. The one thing that always kills me is his one goal at Chelsea. I think he's like one league goal was always against Arsenal, and that always like made me laugh. I think it was like six nil. They slapped them up. It's when they slapped them. Reliable twenty odd goals a season, man. It's like that's going to be the hardest thing to replace, man. Like the guarantees, like there's not too many of these guys. It's not, fam. It's not, and all of them cost. Astronomical money. Mm. 
So I, I think he's he's. I know we always say, but I, th- I think he's one of them underrated players. Maybe I don't know. I, I think he's underrated because he's coming to Liverpool. I had never thought I would see anyone get into the top ten goal scoring charts for Liverpool. You know the ones when you see like Rush, all these names. You think, right, that's bare goals. Man, we'll never ever get there, bro. We just come here less than ten years, just spanked it. In it, he's, he's insane. It's absolutely crazy, bro. He's an insane person. All time, man. Doing that in the most difficult era for football oh, in terms of the te- everyone's technical ability, everyone's so much fitter, so much cool, technically yeah. more efficient, smarter on the pitch. Being able to blast some f- in, in the toughest league in the world as well. It's just wild. I mean, honestly, I'm going to have to end let's the podcast. God, I was going to say, let's not sleep in it and on his assist as well. He's not just there, just mm. ball hanging and just chopping <laughs> goals. Oh. He's bringing every, everyone's eating with everyone. Everyone's eating. Double doubles. Everyone's eating, It's mad. It's mad. Or well, look at the pass for Nunes against Newcastle. Like, no one really talks about like, weight of pass. This is the weight of fans. Uh, he's, he's an insane footballer, right. man. Insane footballer. The, the intricacy, everything is, the, the, even the most minute detail of what he does is just. It's fantastic. Um, what a nice, what a nice note to end it on. Um, if you do want more content such as this, uh, as I alluded to at the beginning of the pod, uh, please head over to our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Copland Broadcast. And subscribe from just five pounds per month today. Um, but until next week, we'll be back. Um, obviously, international break, so we won't have any Liverpool news to talk about as per such. But you know what we do. International break is where we probably do some of our best work, to be fair, because we have to like find topics from thin air. So we might just do a little bit of a summary of um, some of the players that have performed this season uh, and a little bit of expectations for Ryan Graverburst, something those, those lines, along those lines. But we'll have it planned out for you by then. Um, I've been your host this week, Chris, and of course I've been joined by the fantastic Ellis, the amazing Manny, and the wonderful-ish. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me uh, this Tuesday, this hot-as-fuck Tuesday evening as we record. I'm going to go and take a very cold bath. Uh, (laughs) But, listeners, until next time, we'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.